0: When I realized that the world worked in many different ways, I'm going to choose to create a life that is specifically designed for me. I see infinite capacity to think and create. That's the magic that we all have. You can tap into that at any point in your life. You just have to decide to do it. And as a leader, you have to be a transition figure. As Dr. Covey said, be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. If you're like me, constantly working to design a life that will allow you to reach your fullest potential so that you can leave your mark on this planet, then you're in the right place. I'm glad to have you on this journey and hope you enjoy this episode of Inside Out. Welcome back to another episode of Insight Live. I'm here with Brendan Kay from Master Talk. back In business, Brendan just spent the weekend at The Vault in Florida. Was it Miami?
1: You got it, Miami.
0: Miami for Patrick Bet-David's annual event called The Vault. And so I thought it'd be appropriate for us to take this opportunity to talk about how to maximize impact when attending live events. Because let's face it, live events will come back. They're already starting to come back. I guess in Florida, they're probably more likely to be active. And so with that, we need to know what we can do strategically to get the most out of them. And I'm sure that you've put some thought into this. I want to open up that mind of yours, figure out why you decided to attend this event specifically. I know you're a big fan of his. And then also, what did you do going into this event to either prepare for the event or to make the most out of the event while you were there. So super open-ended and let's see where we go.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Billy. And I think the first place to start is the idea of lessons learned. Because trust me, the first time that I did these live events, especially after 18 months of not being at an event, I made a lot of mistakes. So the real purpose of this episode is so you don't make the same mistakes I did at a live event, and you get actually a lot more out of it than I did. So let's start the context there. I would say the first thing that I learned is making sure that you have a clear game plan there. The biggest mistake I see people make at live conferences, which is the mistake I made too, is spending too much time talking to each individual that you talk to. Since you only have three or four days at the live event, you want to try your best to limit the interaction with as many people as possible. And that doesn't mean that you don't want to talk to them. It doesn't mean that you don't have three hour conversations with them. And it's totally fine to do this with one or two people that you really love. But the real goal is after you talk to them 15, 30 minutes, you pretty much figure out if you like them or not. And if you do, all you have to do is say something like this Hey, Billy, it was such a pleasure meeting you. And I think it would be awesome if we get to meet other people, but I would love to get on a one-hour call with you next week so that we can have that offline time. The biggest mistake I made, Billy, is I had too many four-hour conversations, too many three-hour conversations. And there's nothing wrong with that. The people I had conversations with are awesome and we're definitely going to keep in touch, but it means I missed out on a hundred other amazing people that I could have just met for 15, 30 minutes each and then gotten on unlimited amounts of Zoom calls with them post the event. So I'd say the biggest thing is really just focusing a lot more on quantity rather than quality. Because for every one amazing person you meet at a live event, there's probably five other amazing people that you missed.
0: Mm. You know, that's so interesting because, you know, I'm sure there's somebody listening or watching right now that's going to say, I take the deep approach as opposed to the wide approach. And I think there could be compelling arguments to each approach, but let's face it, time is limited. And when you make that face-to-face connection and when you give yourself just enough time to recognize, is this a person that I should spend more time with? Then, to your point, you can activate that relationship at a future date by having a one-on-one, a phone call, what have you so that you're maximizing the time at the event. So I actually agree with the principle that you've laid out here, that it's not speed dating. You're not spending like 30 seconds with each person. You spend enough time for them to get to know you and for you to get to know them. And then if they are somebody that you feel is somebody that you want to have in your network more long-term, not just an acquaintance that you met once at a conference, but somebody that you want to have an ongoing relationship with, then you forge that relationship at a later date. And guess what? You could see them at the conference again next year. You could schedule other things. Maybe you could collaborate with them. There's so many other things you can do. Let's take this to the extremes. If you went to an event and you spent all your time with one person, then granted, if that one person is the number one person you're gonna be working with, which I know you went with Vomsi, who's your business partner, there's some value there. But if you met somebody at an event and all you did was spend your time with that one person, you may be making a mistake. No, it could be that that person's the person that's going to take your business or you never know. So there's always going to be outlier cases. But I think to your point, giving yourself the opportunity to rub elbows, okay? This is in person with other people and a lot of other people, then you do get more at bats. And to use a baseball analogy, the more at bats you get, the more opportunities you have to get on base, to hit a single, a double, a home run and meet somebody that could literally change your life. So I think that's a really solid point. Okay. While we're on the subject of mistakes, let's not end there. What other mistakes did you make, man? Right. So before we get to that,
1: let me, let me actually touch a point that you said that, that I really want to emphasize. So for those who don't know, Vomsey is my business partner. We go 50-50 on pretty much everything I do now in the coaching space. But here's what you don't know. I don't even think you know this, Billy. How long do you think me and Vomsey talked at Summit of Greatness, the event we met? How long do you think that interaction was? You want to take a random guess? How much like volume of time you and time. He- so in that three day event, right? It was 72 hours to 96 hours, whatever, put any number there. How much time do you think we act? Because we're 50-50 business partners, right? So how long do you think that interaction was?
0: Uh, oh, it's gotta be an extreme answer then. Uh, I'm gonna guess 90 minutes. Okay. You know what the answer is? What? Three minutes.
1: <laughs> the answer was three minutes. Here's literally what happened. I'll tell you what's up, Junaid. Thanks for joining. So literally what happened. Today, what's up, brother? <laughs> we were at a 5 a.m. workout. 5 a.m. workout. Not 6 a.m., not like a 5 a.m. workout. It was I, I still remember it was so painful. And I met Vomsey, he was the guy next to me. And it was literally just, Hi, my name's Brendan. And it was like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a leadership coach. I was like, okay, cool. What is that? I have no idea. And he's like, what do you do? And I go, Oh, I make YouTube videos. He's like, What are you a YouTuber? He's like, What do you make YouTube videos on? I said, Public speaking and communication. He said, what? And then the workout started. And then I wasn't paying attention to him. He was just going, go, go, go. And I was like, shut up. I'm trying to work out. <laughs> I'm trying to survive this. And then at the end, it was just, hey, nice meeting you. Have a great day. That was it. We never saw each other again at the event. We never talked to each other again at the event. But what happened is after it was over, we added each other on Facebook or something. We had a one hour Zoom call after the event was over. And it was at that Zoom call that i was like oh this person is actually the person i needed to meet
0: yeah i thought you were talking about this most recent event but yeah okay so you're talking about when you first met him that makes a ton of sense
1: oh yeah like at this event we i mean that's another mistake we made we spent too much time together that's debatable and shout out to andy foot as well i'm going to be on his show on thursday i'm super excited about that oh you're going to be on the yeah, quiz show on the blinkity the blinkety, oh. i'm not even i'm not even sure what i signed up for to be you got to just it's message the best. me
0: I haven't even had a chance to tell Andy this, but I absolutely loved, loved being on it. I don't know how well you'll do, but you, uh, I can't wait to watch. It, I, it, I don't it, think it, There's not. a music section. I'm a little worried for you there. I'm not sure if you and Andy have the same music. I don't know if he's going to do that or maybe it'll be another thing. But
1: anyhow. We'll see. Anyways, I'm a bit worried about that conversation for another day, but I'm excited for it, for sure. Thanks for the invite, Andy. But yeah, going back to the, the relationship building... That example, the most important person I have met at live events, by far, it's not even like, like the difference between first and second place is like wide. And I talked to the guy for three minutes at the yeah. event. Three minutes. So here's what I do. Let me rephrase what I said earlier. So I wouldn't say it was, a, I would literally just say after 15 minutes or 30 minutes, it was nice meeting. I would love to jump on an hour call with you next week. It'd be super awesome. I'll be right back. And then I just go and talk to everyone because I was at a bar, right? And there's literally like 50 people and I talked to like 10 of them, but I was talking too long to them. I was pretty much just coaching them on the spot for an hour, an hour and a half, instead of just ending it after 15 minutes and saying, hey, you and me, let's just get on a 30 minute call next week and I'll give you more pointers, but I'll be right back and let me go meet everybody else because I just missed out on five momsies and it's a mistake
0: I don't want to make again.
1: So that would be the other piece of advice I would give.
0: Don't miss your Vomsi moment. Don't miss yeah. that one moment that could be the life changer. Yep. And speaking of brevity, since we have limited time here, I definitely want to get to the mistakes, but then I want to get proactive and like, what do you do? And I got this one. Don't spend too much time with one person. Okay, so what other mistakes should we be avoiding? I would say the mistake, and, and I know
1: it's weird for the speech code to say this, is don't let your social anxiety get in the way of interacting with the people you want to talk to. There was one girl in particular, I'll tell you the story, when I was at the vault, she was really smart. I wouldn't name her name, let's call her Laura, okay, for the purposes of this argument. And what Laura did, okay, she bought the lowest ticket, like I did. It was like 700 bucks. The highest ticket is like eight grand, where you get like, you're in like a small group with Patrick. Patrick Bid David is the guy who hosted the event. And what she did that was super smart is she went to the front where Patrick takes both the questions and she pretty much took all the questions, almost all of them to the point where Patrick was like, she took like 70% of them, that Patrick fell in love with her. He like made a joke out of her in a good way. Like he really liked her. And I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm actually saying something good about Laura. So what happened is Laura was asking so many questions. At some point, Patrick was like, hey, we got to be careful with Laura because her questions are really technical. But the reason, the reason I want to give her a shout out in a positive way, not a negative one, is she was proactive. She knew what she wanted and she went after it. Whereas this wuss didn't even talk to Patrick once. The guy who re- he really wanted to talk to. This wuss, this is me I'm talking about, not Laura. <laughs> calling okay. yourself out. I'm calling myself out here, right? This is a therapy as it is educational. <laughs> and there, so there's people at this event who have CEO tickets. You literally see the word CEO. Okay, that, these are people who are spending eight to t- eleven thousand dollars that same ticket. So the same, I'm spending seven hundred bucks to be there. They're spending like ten grand, which means these people are doing well. And I was a wuss. Like there was this thing called a CEO lounge that you could only go to if you had CEO tickets. But nobody was watching anybody. Like no one was. And those three CEOs were talking, but I was too afraid to go up to them to start talking to them because mm-hmm. I had so many insecurities. And more specifically, and this is something I'm sure a lot of us are feeling. I haven't interacted with that many people in so long. Totally get it. There's like 700 people. I was like touching people, shaking their hands, talking. I was like, it just, I couldn't believe it. So my, my social skills were so rusty. Like mm. 2019, Brendan would never have done that. I would have went straight after those CEOs. Hey, what's up? I'm Brendan. Great to meet you. I would have took off my name tag so they didn't know I was a general and just <laughs> talked to them. And they would have just thought I was a CEO. But I didn't do it. And I'm honestly frustrated at myself.
0: I did the same thing when I attended a climate reality project is Al Gore's organization. And he does a basically of training to train people to be in basically to share the mission and what they're doing at the climate reality project. And so this leadership core that he basically builds is a three day training. And because I worked at Tesla and I knew the right people, I got in a small room. I'm talking less than hundred people with Al Gore and I was standing next to him the entire time, the entire time. And I was like, Oh, I what question do I have? And I didn't ask him a question. And I, I so could have, it would have been the easiest thing to do. I could have shook his, but I didn't do it. And I, that is a moment that I definitely feel, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered really, but I at least could have got a nice photo op and an opportunity to, you know, I just, I was standing there and that was cool in and of itself, but So I I got it. So don't miss out on the vomsy moments by spending too much time with one person. Also don't let your, let's face it, we all have it to some degree. I'm an extra extrovert, but I got anxiety and a little bit of, you know, just it's Al Gore, right? You know, so you feel a little bit of apprehension and you don't go forward. Okay, what other mistake before I move into the proactive part of this conversation?
1: I would say the other piece is really understanding how to introduce yourself. This is something I actually did really well. But before I get to that, Junaid has a really good question there that I think is super related to this conversation, which is around how do you overcome the anxiety? I'll tell you straight up, Junaid, there's no way to overcome the anxiety directly. But I'll tell you a way that really gets me fired up because now I'm, it's a, this is really therapy for me this episode. About how next time I'm not going to... I mean, I didn't mess up that badly. I made a lot of great connections. I'm pretty sure I'll sign some clients. I'll still make my money from the event. There's no problem there. But the biggest thing that I realized, Junaid, is if I don't show up for people, if I don't take the risk, which isn't really a risk to just go talk to people, I am not serving my mission. Because remember, if I talk to that big honcho and that big honcho says... We just called them Big Honcho. I don't know why I gave them that name. Let's call them Big Honcho. Would have said, oh, yeah, Brennan, I have 10,000 employees. I really like you. I'll just send your YouTube channel to 10,000 people. Imagine how many people in that group can't afford a speech coach. But because I was out, and I didn't go after that relationship that I could have easily built because I've met other people like them, because of my own insecurities, my own social anxiety in that moment, there's thousands of people who pay the price for it. This isn't about me and my services. This is about the people I could have served. So it's not really overcoming the anxiety. It's pushing through it by understanding what the the goal is.
0: It's bigger than you. That's what I think you're doing when you make it less about you and more about your mission and about how are you compromising your mission or, in fact, limiting the ability for you to reach a bigger and larger percentage of the people that you need to reach for whatever it is that you do, whether... You're a coach, whether you sell something, whether you own a company, whatever your mission is, your mission is served better when you step outside of your comfort zone and you do what feels like something that is a bit harder to do and you have the anxiety to do it. So, and if we have more on the anxiety front, I I think I'll just add one thing is just when we are in situations where we do feel a bit of, you know, we're apprehensive, just recognize that we're not alone that it's a natural feeling, that probably everybody feels the same way. And the smallest step you take will get you out of, it's like speaking. At first you might feel uncomfortable, but once you're speaking, you feel comfortable. So when you make that micro step, that tiny step, that will put you in the space to start to feel more comfortable and give yourself a little bit of momentum having the conversation, but you gotta take that first step. Okay, so go ahead with the the other part of what you were gonna share as far as I think the final mistake.
1: Right. So the final mistake, which I didn't make, thankfully, I did something right at this event, is knowing how to introduce yourself properly. Making sure that the first 10 to 20 seconds gets people interested, or at least aligns with the key result that you want out of the conference. So for me, my result was really clear besides meeting Patrick, which I completely failed at. The other piece and the other goal I had was making sure that people knew my YouTube channel. Because I know if 200 of those people know my YouTube channel, it means I'll get two or three clients at the very minimum. So every time I went up to people and they said, What do you do? I, I would always respond with, I have a YouTube channel called Master Talk. And they'd, already, they'd immediately stop me, every single person, and go, Hey, let me look this up. What's it called? Master Talk. Oh, cool. What do you do YouTube videos on? Effective communication. Always. So I'd always do that every time I talk to people because that's the goal. That's what I have. So really start to think about. What is your end goal at that conference? And reverse engineer that outcome based on how you introduce yourself to other people. That's what I think is an easy way. And a framework that I can give on how to do this is number one, what is the key result that you want out of the conference? Write a couple down and then circle the one that's the most important to you. Number two is ask yourself what your mission is. And number three, ask yourself why that mission is important to you. And that'll give you a lot of information on how to get people excited about you.
0: I like the way you put that too, engineer an outcome. And I think you actually reverse engineer the steps you take based on what outcome you want to achieve. So once you know what does success look like, ask yourself that question. After this event is over, I will have achieved X, Y, Z. I will have found this many potential clients, whatever that may be, or I will have shared my podcast, my YouTube channel, whatever that may be with x amount of people. What does success look like? And then how do you get there? How many conversations do you need to have? How many people do you need to talk to? What type of people do you need to talk to? So all of the things that goes into that. So now, let's get really tactical and specific about what anyone going to a live event can do to be strategic and very thoughtful about their approach. I guess we gave a little bit away by saying that, but what else should somebody be thinking about to make sure that it's not just, hey, I'm going to attend this event and go to the event and like ping pong around and whatever happens, happens. Because I mean, that could still work, but if you have a bit more forethought, you're going to set yourself up for more success.
1: Absolutely, brother. So here's the way that Vamsi explains it. and I completely agree with him on this. All it takes is one person or one insight to make it worth the trip. Not a hundred different things, not a hundred different people. It either takes one person or one insight to make it worth the entire time that we spent there. So I'll give you mine. My one person and one, one, my one insight was brainstorming with Vomsi after 18 months of building a business together never seeing him in person once. A lot of amazing ideas. came. We had like dinner three times. It was super fun. And the other piece around the people, so I got more than one, so I consider that a job well done, is meeting Andy Enriquez who is 10, 100 times more successful than I am. And he, now he's one of my you know close friends, buddies, and I got to really solidify that relationship with him. And he's someone who really leads with a lot of integrity. And my key insight is really to start thinking about what our next five moves should be in our business. And comparing that list with what Bomsi has, and with what I have, and then comparing that list, to see if we're aligned in our businesses. Patrick taught us that, that I think is super useful. And the closing remark on that is with that mindset in place, what is the best way to maximize strategically when you go to a conference? One word and that's filter. Filter, filter, filter. You got to meet a lot of people to figure out who your person is. I just had a two, dude, literally the call before this, and I'm super passionate about this. Amazing woman named Juanita, I need to introduce you to her. She's amazing. So I had a 15 minute call with her scheduled. And that call lasted two hours. I noticed like you called me 10 minutes ago before that our our call started. And I was like, oh, geez, I have to call him back. It's been like an hour and 50. We've been talking to each other. But that doesn't happen a lot, right? That's probably one. And I'm just being honest, right? I was like being honest. That's probably like one of any like 20 conversations, unless it's an introduction. If it's just a cold thing. Maybe like every 10 conversation is just like, okay, like 15, 30 minutes. Okay, I'm here to support you. Bye. And then you get that special conversation where you meet a special guy named Billy and you're just like, geez, I want this conversation to last forever. So that's the key. When you go to conference, filter, filter. Meet like 50, 100 people. Don't meet five people. Meet 100 people. I know, right, Michelle? She's like super amazing. So meet like 100 different people. And I guarantee you, One of those people will either bring you an amazing insight or be a friendship or partnership or even client for you down the line. But the key is really quantity over quality.
0: Let's do this. How does someone create the list? Because you highlighted that you wanted to have a good, solid conversation with Bombsy. You wanted to solidify the relationship with Andy. You wanted to get some insights that you could take away for your business. And you check, check, check. You got all those things. And how much do you know in advance that you wanted those things? And and what advice, because everybody's in a different situation, but what general advice can we give to really craft the checkmark list that we want to walk into an event with?
1: So I think an easy way to think about this is how about we go back to my first ever live event? That's probably more relatable to people. So when I I went to my first event, my only intention, Lewis asked us too in like early morning when we were going on a run with him, said, what's your intention for Summit of Greatness? And honestly, my intention was meeting a lot of great people. And through that intention, I came to other insights I didn't prepare or think of before the conference. So if you're getting started and you don't really have a goal, you're just interested in going to conferences, my advice numero uno is showing up with an empty cup, right? Keep that open mind and talk to as many people at these conferences and learned from them as much as possible. And the reason that's so important, especially in conferences, and why this information is so important for people to hear is because at a conference, the concentration of quality people is a much, much higher than any regular scenario. Let me paint that picture for you because we haven't done that in the episode. So let's say you're in your home city, Los Angeles, I mean, is Los Angeles City, yeah, right? Los Angeles, uh, Montreal.
0: It is, in fact, a city.
1: Okay, Billy's going to break up with me after this one. But
0: anyways,
1: (laughs) so you could go interact with 100 random people in LA or 100 random people in Montreal. And chances are you might meet one or two really high quality people. But if you meet 100 of the same people at a conference, and let me really set the stage for this: When you go to a conference, you're not just attending it. You're spending money on a flight. You're taking three days off vacation. You're telling your family you can't be there. And you're going out of your way to be there. So everyone's doing that. Which means the 100 people that you're going to interact with, you're going to meet a lot more quality. A lot more quality High
0: concentration of high caliber people. Makes sense. Absolutely. The other thing that I
1: would say is cut to the chase. I think that's really important at conferences because everyone here is serious. Like, and serious, not like they're running multi million dollar businesses, but serious in the sense that, you know, we all have a clear intention. And I don't mean like selling your products or services or anything like that. I mean, like, just get vulnerable really quickly. I'll give you an example. I'm, I met a beautiful couple when I was at the vault, and they run a pizza store called the Matanga's, really good pizza store in Texas. Check it out. They're doing amazing work. And I just met them and I was like, damn, you guys own a pizza store. It's like, I never met like pizza store owners, like, they own, like, they're the CEOs. <laughs> this franchise. So they were asking me questions around communication. They're saying, Hey Brendan, we're struggling with, you know, getting our employees excited about this. How do we communicate? And it, it really made, and they asked that right away. It wasn't like, Oh, so like, tell me about your family, like, where are you from? And blah, blah, blah.
0: Like, no, we got three days. Let's figure shit out. Super important though. I, I just want to highlight they, what they did is they got you to flex your superpower. Oh, that, super smart, right? Because now when you flex your superpower, not only does it make you feel good, but it demonstrates what you're capable of. And there's nothing more gratifying and fulfilling than a helping someone else. So they're almost giving you that gift to say, to be able to help you. So it's like, if you're inquisitive and hungry for feedback, knowledge. Like if I met somebody that was a specialist and something that I was intrigued by, I would do the same thing because now they're gifting me something in a very interesting way. It's it's a it's a mutual, it's a win-win. It's a gift for them and a gift for you, but carry on. I love this. And
1: I love what you said that it's a gift for both of us. Here, here's a good comparison for people who haven't been to conferences, which is probably a big percentage of people who are listening. So let's say I'm meeting somebody regular on the street. Chances that I give them advice is pretty low because their attitude will probably be something along the lines of, hey, we need a date before you ask to marry me, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, let's go on a couple of dates first. Whereas at that conference, everyone's engaged. Everyone's there and is just like, hey, I'm just looking for a wife. I'm just, I'm just looking to, I'm, I'm saying that hypothetically, they're not actually looking for a romantic partner. But what they are saying is, hey, Brendan, we've already invested. You say anything we'll implement. I'll give you another example. I met this amazing guy named Jason at the event. And he's like a nonprofit executive. And he was telling me, hey, Brendan, this is a challenge I'm having. And we talked for like, you know, a few minutes. I mean, probably 30 minutes total. And he was like, I was serious. I just went full out, Brendan. Hey, you need to pay attention to Scott Harrison. These are four steps you need to do. You need to make a video exactly like this for your nonprofit. blah, blah, blah. I just started coaching him for like 15 minutes. And literally, he had his notepad and he was just going, uh-huh. And he was just writing step one, step two. The next morning, he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, just letting you know I executed box done implemented (laughs) right it's like i just love that it's amazing everyone's committed right same thing with those pizza legends the other part of that i forgot to mention it's probably the most important part that time i was coaching them do you know what time it was it was 11 p.m at night Mm. they were just going through and i was at a bar and i just went up to them and i was like what's up guys they're like hey brennan we need your help for something because we had already talked for like three hours we had dinner the night before they're like what do you think about this and I just started coaching them on everything. I was like, boom, boom, boom. It's like 1130. They brought their kids and everything. Their kids are sleeping upstairs. And <laughs> instead of them going to bed, because we have to wake up like in like you know seven hours to go back to Patrick's thing. They're just sitting there and going, no, this is important for our business. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, let's collaborate there. Why don't you come? And then we just got it done, right? And I just love, that's why I love the energy of these things. But anyways, the point that I want to drive, long story short, get straight to the chase when you're at conferences. Don't waste people's time. Be vulnerable. Don't sell or anything, but just be vulnerable at your challenges. Be vulnerable about getting advice. Be vulnerable, open-minded about taking different ideas from people. Because I was picking the brains of like 20 geniuses at that event, and I got so many events, ideas, but we need that attitude when you step in, which brings me to tip number three. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need at a conference. So you go up to somebody and literally go at a business conference. Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Like, I'll give an example. I was talking to a senior vice president at IT that I met, really young guy, really successful. I was like, hey, what do you think about my YouTube channel? How do you think I can attract more IT professionals? But I wasn't selling in my services. And he just responded with, you know, if you send me YouTube videos that are specifically for IT professionals, I can share it with my engineers because it's worth it for them. But then when he was talking, I was like, shit, I need like a YouTube playlist with just IT professional videos. So it's easier for me to do business development. He's the one who gave me that idea. That idea is worth $10,000 to me. That's the key. Don't be afraid to ask and you might just receive.
0: And I think a few things popped in my mind as you were sharing that first and foremost is as you have these conversations, I think it's important to document what happened because if you are doing as many conversations as you are, it's going to be very difficult for you to keep track of everyone. Then not only that, you remember, but two, when you do reach back out, hey, I really loved our conversation about IT, blah, blah, blah. I really appreciated your insight. It's super valuable. It gave me the idea to do this. As we talked about, I would love to schedule some time with you to get to know you better. So now you're reminding them of the conversation you had, you're thanking them for the conversation you had, and you're scheduling the follow-up, which again, that's the missing ingredient that if you just go to these conferences and you meet a bunch of people and then you don't have the follow-up, then you're missing the main point. This is the start of the connection. This is not the connection. And it, it is the spark that gives you the ability to build a fire. And when you get the spark, think of the conversation that you have as the kindling. And then the fire starts to roar when you have those Zoom calls. When you start to have a text relationship, that's when you have a roaring fire when you could have friendly banter back and forth and you know this person, they know you and you become a friend. But it all starts with the spark at the event. So you wanna find as many of those sparks as possible. And like you said, you need to be very good at filtering. So as we wrap up here, I wanna talk about the filtering piece because to your point, you could be great at everything, but if you're not doing a good job of filtering on the spot, chances are you're gonna miss some vomsies right? You're going to miss those people that are the life changers. So what's your approach to filtering? So my approach to filtering is pretty
1: simple, Billy. And I was telling Vomse this over lunch. He was like, what's the best insight you got from Billy and Sam because of the top people in your network? Those are the types of questions he asked me when we have lunch. And I said, you know, the biggest thing I learned from Billy and Sam, Sam Kamani is the guy who introduced me and Billy together, is one approach that they always had that I, I learned from them is they always assume That people they make are going to, what they meet are going to be successful. So when whoever they meet, especially Sam, whenever he meets somebody, he always assumes that person is going to be successful. So he treats and reacts to them and helps them in that same way. And I thought that was super powerful. So the way I actually filter people is I just talk to everyone as if they were superstars. I give everyone a chance to be a superstar, and at the end, through those fifty to hundred people. I make a list of super 10 people. So these are the people who are the most likely to succeed. Everyone's going to succeed, but these 10 are the most likely to succeed. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example, right? Let's say you meet uh, nine people and one of them's Elon Musk. You probably want to keep in touch with Elon Musk. It's It's not that everyone else isn't going to be successful, but you need to prioritize your time for the Musk. Especially if Musk is answering your phone, you probably should pick up right? So it's the same thing. So for me, right? Vomsey was in my top 10. Andy Enriquez, obviously top 10, right? We discussed a lot after post-conference and how we can you know, work together more and stuff like that. And other people as well, right? Like the Matengas I talked about, like Jason, all those people. But there's a bunch of other people I met as well that I'm still going to answer their texts, help them, but I'm not going to invest as much energy into because else it's going to be exhausting for me. So the key is assume everyone's great, but because everyone's great, you want to meet everybody. That's the mindset I have, that I didn't implement at the Congress, I should have. And then after you meet 100 people, then you make a decision who are the 10 you're pouring into.
0: Yeah, and I think a few things stand out. One is the sooner you can get to a, a texting relationship, the better, right? And then because let's face it, we live in an age where that's, I believe most people communicate via text with their friends. And if you can establish that quickly, fantastic. Also ranking assuming everyone's going to reach the pinnacle of what success they are striving toward, you also know that a few people stand out as most likely to do that. And those are the people that you prioritize having your second meeting with and then subsequent meetings after that. So, and then of course, knowing going in, like are those people, who are those people that you want to further establish a relationship with? One thing that sparked as you were talking is when you go to one of these conferences, it's kind of like going to sleepaway camp. And when you go to sleepaway camp, you can make lifelong friends because it's like, it's almost like college. You know, the first few weeks of college, you start to meet everybody and you build these connections. And these connections, while they're short in duration, they're long and very deep in terms of quality, even if it's not a long time that you're getting to know somebody because you're in this mode where you've traveled to this place in most cases and you, you're you excited, you're potentially have similar interests, similar things that excite you, which is why you're at this conference that's about a specific topic or a specific leader putting it on. And then because you have that excitement, it makes that relationship that much more fruitful and potentially allows the fire to, to roar faster. So I think the, the other piece that I, I wanna emphasize here is don't sleep on that reality. Meaning don't wait for weeks to reach out. You don't need to play hard to get, right? (laughs) Reach out fairly quickly so that you're not becoming forgettable. You're already memorable because you've shared something. Maybe you shared an insight. Maybe you provided a golden nugget. Maybe you helped them with their business or maybe you let them help you with your business, but you did something to allow yourself to stand out. And now you want to go to the next step. So don't wait too long. So Brendan, in closing, what did we miss? What didn't we talk about during this conversation?
1: I think the other thing, probably the only thing we've missed is have fun. I know I take these things really seriously, as you can tell <laughs> from these conferences, and mostly because it's my joy. You know, while other people like, you know, scuba diving and skiing and, I don't know, climbing mountains, whatever you're into. You know what I'm into? Having late dinner yell fests over ideas and thoughts. and That's why I love doing the show with Billy it's not really for views. It's, I just like yelling at each other. Like, it's just a fun thing that we always do. And that's why we love Clubhouse and why we love this. So, so that's the key is, is really have fun. I, I, especially if you're someone who's working on something important that you really care about. You're someone who's alive. You're someone who's energetic. If you haven't been to a conference, you are missing out, my friends. Mm. Pick the right conference, right? Not every conference is a good one. And I, I we could talk about that another day. But I think the key is, have fun at these things because trust me, the people you will meet will change your life. And the last thing is the most important one. Remember that you only need one person to change your life. Not 10, not 100. At Summit of Greatness, it was just VOMSy. At the event after that, it was also just Vomsey. And at the event after that, it was also just Vamsi. It was just reinforcing the same relationship. That's pretty much what the point of each event was. And then this one, it's the same thing. It's still Vomsy. <laughs> I'm I'm meeting other amazing people too. But that's what I want to say is it all it takes is one person. I mean, you're I mean, you're the another great example. I didn't need 10 billies, I just needed one person. But because we have that one relationship, now we spend 12 hours a day together every day.
0: <laughs> well, I love that advice. And I think find your Vomsy moment by giving yourself the opportunity to meet somebody that could be a life changer. And until next time. Make it a great one. We'll talk to you all very, very soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Out. I hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in business and in life. If you like this show, the best payment you can give is to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.